This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. What's up, Toronto Raptor Nation? I am your host, Aiden Moss. I am joined by Orn Weisfeld and our producer, Keon. Uh, we just watched the young and feisty. shallow and feisty Toronto Raptors uh, overcome an equally shallow and feisty and young Detroit Pistons, 115 to 111, breaking a three-game losing streak? Question mark? Oklahoma, yes, Indiana. Three. Chicago. Chicago. Uh, a much-needed win to stay uh, competitive in the Eastern Conference. A lot of doomsayers out there, Oren, I know you tweeted saying like, yo, we're 7-7, seven and seven. everybody chill out. But everybody's feeling like the the uh, sky was falling. Uh, Chicken Little was in every corner of the Twitter sphere. If you're a Raptors fan, so boom, we get the W and we're back, baby. Eight and seven. Uh, what were your thoughts, Oren, of this interesting game? Uh, I think the biggest takeaway is probably like the you called it shallow Raptors, which they definitely were, but it felt like they got contributions from everyone who played. Yeah, that's probably the takeaway is just like no one person as good as Delano was. And he definitely deserves the bulk of the credit career high, 27 points. His career high before this was 14 and it was against Indiana. Uh, so a couple of nights ago. So yeah, big jump from that. But yeah, like Delano deserves the most. But literally everyone who played, save for maybe Porter and Birch. But 10 guys played, so really eight guys had like key, key contributions at key moments. So that that's what stood out. Yeah, uh, particularly in the point guard or guard um, yeah. area, which is something we've really lacked. And I was saying like, iron, it's ironic that, you know, our, our two, our top two guards are out. And yet this was the deepest our, our guards, our guard rotation has looked this year. Um, Delano Ben, obviously Flynn had one of his better games, uh, a couple of flubs, a couple of, or like one bad turnover, a couple of rush shots, but otherwise he looked really tight and Downton, uh, at both ends looked like a, felt like a calming presence. Um, he has like a great basketball IQ and court awareness. Like he understands tempo and timing and that's something that i think flynn especially just doesn't get and a lot of guys on this team doesn't don't get and i think we'll get to that like even boucher is a good example of somebody who doesn't really understand timing and flow and downton hasn't played with these guys much at all and he comes in and he fits like a glove immediately and that's it's quite refreshing to see but you're right we we got production from everywhere we got well, no look, production sorry go ahead i just wanted to show this downton kind of stop at the end of the game and i feel like yeah like 
just be, before we leave the Doughton topic, shows a lot of trust that Nick Nurse has in him to bring him back with three minutes left in the game and finally put a guard on Jaden Ivey to stop the game. Jesus, like, Jesus. I, I, I said the same thing to Lewis after last game on the wrap-up. So I, I shouldn't repeat it, but it's just like, stop putting Scotty on guards, put OG on them sooner. I think what I've noticed is that they don't want to take OG off kind of the rim protection uh, because they have Siakam out and Precious out and everything. They want him as the low man and, and the helper. So I'm fine with this, like putting Doughton in for the purposes of guarding him, but they got to get Scotty off quicker. It almost cost them a game again. Uh, but yeah, just shows the confidence to have in Doughton. He just slides his feet so well. And it wasn't even like a surprise once he came in the game that he got a couple key stops on, on Ivy. I really don't understand. I mean, we can, I don't know. Forgive me if you and Lou talked about this last game. I don't know why Scotty's guarding Doncic and Damar and whoever else uh, you want to name as like point of attack all-star guard it makes no sense to me not only because he doesn't move quickly and he seems to kind of give up once he's beat but also that he's and at the beginning of the year he started in the middle of the defense and that is where on both ends he's best is reading the court understanding positionally where he needs to be helping seeing plays unfold before they do and stepping where he needs to go that's his skill set and his strength. I don't understand why we keep putting him on the ball or on the primary scorers. Yeah, that's definitely where he's best or or honestly just guarding up a position, guarding like fours, yeah. I feel like is probably his yeah. best. Um, I understand the want to give him reps guarding everyone because ultimately like they like to develop all their players into these yeah. versatile guys who, yeah, if you get a switch – in a key moment, you want Scotty to have these reps on a Jaden Ivy, but I don't understand it in the fourth quarter of a close game, especially as we count down the moments. And I've noticed Nick does not take Scotty off these guys until two or three minutes usually left in a game. And that's just too late for me. Like you have OG sitting there or you have a lot of defensive specialists on the bench to the point of today's game, like Downton and Banton actually both move their really well for and guards and well can stay in front of guys yeah yeah so it's like you have these guys do something but you gotta stop putting barns on these guys late in games I, it also it's also affecting his psychology like he looks kind of dejected at times and i think mm-hmm. you, like you see it once the guy once the guy gets past him he's kind of just like not always recovering and retreating he's kind of like ah, like frustrated and then you see it down on the other floor there's been a multiple possessions now where he's not even involved in the actions and part of that's not his fault but part of that's his lack of aggression and his like suddenly he's becoming less inspired um yeah and so i think there's something to be said for just giving him uh, he's a young dude giving him some like positivity around where he is defensively, you know, like let him get a couple of free rebounds, a couple of offside blocks, that kind of thing. I see what you're saying, and he does look dejected, but I don't think that's the reason why, because Scotty's always liked guarding the point guard. Like, I think he likes this. He he considers himself a point guard. He always is the guy who's like, I want to guard that guy. Like, we've seen it in the past, so I don't think that's 
I don't think Scotty's getting mad at that part of the game, but he does he does look a little bit less just like like he's having fun like yeah. last season. It looked like he was having a lot more fun. I think he's frustrated. I like dejected might be too strong of a word, but I and when I think get... that's more on the offensive end, just him not really being able to step into the big role that they're asking him to step into. Yeah, well, I I agree, and and um, we can get there. The only other thing I would say is Scotty on the pick and roll on the ball handler makes a lot of sense because they can switch that really easily. So, mm-hmm. but they didn't run a lot with bigs this game, and so um, I don't know. I didn't love it. Yeah, on the offensive end, he also looks unengaged at times. And the thing is, is that he needs to have the killer instinct that we've been describing Pascal with because he misses. Okay, he misses again. Okay, like good things are happening when Scotty is in the right positions and attempting to score. Not the like dribble, dribble, pull up, fade away at the top of the key, but the like mid-range back downs the like posting up the kind of like creating chaos like whether he scores or not it's like it's so good for the health of Toronto's offense and but he goes away from it because he misses a couple of shots and he gets frustrated whatever yeah do you hear me yeah you're typing you're not focusing oh, yeah, on yeah, what sorry. I'm saying you're like you're like when I'm talking <laughs> to my girlfriend and she's texting yeah I, I was a texting girlfriend right there. No, you, I was listening. You were talking about Scotty. Um, oh, you're, you're telling but, me what I was saying now? That's that's also <laughs> classic. I'm tr- I'm showing that you can trust me that I was paying some okay. like limited attention. Anyway, I'm just saying that uh, I agree with you. Scotty does look disengaged on the offensive end, but he shouldn't. He should continue to just push, push, push. But generally speaking, tonight both he and OG had off offensive nights. I loved watching OG. See, now the the opposite is true with OG, and maybe this is just a maturity thing. Like, OG had a really bad shooting night. He was 1 for 6 from 3, 6 for 19 overall. But he took 19 okay. shots, and, like, Detroit was worried about him for the majority of the night, and that in and of itself is, like, really important for other guys like Banton who are trying to get to the rim. For sure. And and again, like Lewis and I talked about OG's just non-hesitance to, to drive these days. Like yeah. in the past, he would get called for an offensive foul here or a travel there on a drive. And then it would slow him down and he would be more hesitant and settle for jumpers and whatever. And these last few games, man, he is driving, I would say out of these 19 field goals attempts he had, he probably drove on like almost all of the two pointers, like they were paint twos, like he's not taking any long twos or anything like that. So I'm really encouraged by the drives. Yeah, it doesn't always result with a great result. There are too many turnovers, like you have to be hard on him for that for sure still. Yeah. Uh, But but to the point to the comparison with Scotty, and I want to show this play because like Scotty, like most young players, I think if the offense isn't coming, Sometimes the defense wavers, right? And vice versa. OG, I just felt in this game, like, even though he wasn't dominating offensively, it felt like he had his name stamped on, like, every aspect of the game. And it didn't feel like... I felt, like, a weird sense of confidence that they had the best player on the floor. You know, like, even though Banton was the best offensive player and even though Ivy was great and all... I felt the whole game like OG was just like he was so locked in defensively and he was the best player. And then 
yeah, he has this dunk, and then he also does does this. And I thought this this block was was absolutely huge at the time that it came. Um, it's a yeah. can I can I like closing the third? Yeah, it's a it's a one point game at this point, and it looks like a pretty clear transition opportunity for the Pistons. And OG just comes out of nowhere. Like those are the type of plays that give everyone like a a momentum boost, right? Just like pinning it off the backboard or whatever. Um, they score on the other end. So this was a huge play. I thought I thought he was really good today. He, it's really fun watching him just become or step into the role happily as the alpha, like as the primary. And it's really fun. You don't often see perimeter defenders create the like black hole effect or like the inverse effect that like an offensive player creates in like heliocentricity. It's like teams want to are avoiding OG on the defensive end now. Like he, his hovering, he's like always kind of skulking. He's looking to get his hands in there or like intercept a pass. And it, I think I would, I wouldn't be surprised to know that like all five opponents are thinking about where OG is on the floor. Like he's really starting to have that effect. Um, And so he's taken on this like alpha dog role on the defensive end, no question, like the way he carries himself. And then on the offensive end, it's the same thing. And I think um, his balance is getting a little bit better. He's still lowering his shoulder, but I think they're calling shit on him just because of the way he bowls into the lane. Like some of those contact plays are not to me, in my opinion, offensive fouls, he gets them a You're lot right. more than he than other players. And yeah. he's missing a lot of bunnies. But he but yeah. like he's evolving and progressing and he's not backing down and it's really fun to see. Yeah, the foul thing I think is really uh reputational. Like it takes years for some guys' reputations to change. And early in his career, he was really bad about that push off. And it was a foul. And now really there was that there was that one play, I think it was on Killian Hayes, where it should have been a block. Um because OG didn't push off. He just kinda he he beat him to the spot, but he's so much stronger than him. Um but yeah, I think I think his reputation is is kind of changing there. Um, but in general, he is getting really good at he's getting a lot better at using his strength, and yeah, doing it early yeah. rather than late in his drive. And today he missed a lot of bunnies for sure. The touch wasn't there, but like he's putting a lot of things together. And, and defensively, is. yeah, I mean he he's become this two way player that like. This is like his path to an all-star, right? And I'm not saying like he's going to get it, but this is what I was saying at the beginning of the season. I was kind of making the point for him. I was making the rounds, kind of making, because I felt like he was forgotten. And I was like, the path to him in an all-star isn't that hard. He just steps it up a little bit defensively and plays all the games, and we know what he can do on that end. And then he knocks down his threes, and he does a little bit more off the dribble on the other end. And that's pretty much an all-star, and that's the that's like the level he's playing at. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I really like that he's changing his uh, pace a little bit offensively when he drives. Like he's been doing a couple of times tonight. He like back pivoted, like a slow back pivot, just to like create space for himself and get those dunks in the lane. Things like that that like Scotty sometimes does, but can you know maybe 
I don't know. I, between him, Scotty, OG, and Pascal, all three of them are like in different progressions of like their footwork and using their size and speed to get space where they where they need to go. Um, and and uh, yeah, I, it's it's cool to see because yeah. you're right. Usually OG's barging in there like with his head almost over his feet because the moment the momentum's carrying him so so far. Mm-hmm. To that point, he has that little step back too that he's shooting more around the elbows, and I feel like that's that's proof of that control. In that, like, if someone takes away the drive completely, he still has the control to stop himself, take a step back, and shoot the two, which I think is actually going to become a good shot for him. That mid range yeah. too. Yeah, it's just not falling right now. Can we quickly highlight this commercial because it is funny AF because he clearly has no facial hair. Like yeah, he's doing he's doing a shaving commercial and the dude definitely does not shave. Very funny. Yeah, it looks smooth though. I'll give him that. Yeah, it's got a good look. Yeah. Um, who you want to talk about next? I uh, we could go. Think, do you want? What's that? I think Banton deserves a talk. Okay, uh, let's do it. Cause not, I'll I'll run his line nine for sixteen, three for seven from three, which is like. Oh my God, if that's a real thing. Six for yeah. six from the three throw line. This is his second game in in Houston as well. He he got to the line six times, which is a really good sign. OG also got to the line seven times, so that's something to highlight. Four boards, four assists, three steals, two blocks, two turnovers, four Damn. fouls. Need this guy in fantasy. Um, yeah. Banton, I've always... It's, it's pretty interesting because I've always like... His greatest skill is actually his passing, and he's not getting to do any of that in this current role. And that's why I'm impressed is that like he's carved out an NBA rotation player role by being an off-ball guy, by being like a really disruptive defender. He's hitting his threes, which is surprising. He's a menace in transition, and if he gets an angle to the rim or off a closeout, he can attack it really well. Um and that's shocking to me because he came into the league as a point guard, like like a yeah. run everything point guard, and he's an amazing playmaker when you put the ball in his hands. But like at the NBA level, the dribble's just not tight enough to like give him that much point guard duties. But I guess like what I'm trying to say is that like this is only like a, a part of Banton's game. The playmaking is always going to be his best skill, and once he learns how to like balance these two things and like the threat of his scoring becomes a tool for his playmaking. He could be a really, really good player. Did he have a step back two tonight? I feel like I saw that um, or something that was like in the mid range, which you never see with him. It like, I think the reason why he hasn't been a playmaker is because in a, in a set half court offense, he's, yeah. he has looked out of place. You yeah. know, anybody who can hit a weak side three is suddenly opening up like levels to their game if they have if they can take advantage of those opportunities. So that has that that means a lot to him. But he played out of the pick and roll quite well. He did have a nice little baseline dish to Boucher. It's like it's getting Banton downhill in the half court, which is sometimes difficult to do. But honestly I think yeah. so much of Banton's success um and Blinz, for that matter, is is what I wrote about last week, which and you and I have talked about before. Is just like they got time, you know. They they got like Banton got a steal yeah. quick into the game, and then you know like that kind of stuff 
building momentum, building confidence, you get like six, seven minutes to, to roll and make some mistakes and then recover and all that, that jazz. Like it, it, in some respects, the Toronto Raptors do have like, are a bit crowded at times. Like I know like the rotation tonight was shallow and much less talented, but it made sense, you know, like, I mean, they ran a lot of depth early, you know, bringing Birch, um, and Coloco, but even if you got rid of those two guys, like having it, there was like really some defined roles um, with who came out tonight. Like Flynn's running the point, Banton's running the point, Downs the defender guy, uh, Wancho's the like role player, spot up shooter, hustle guy. Same with Boucher, and like there, there just seemed to be like more space for people to fill the roles that they're meant to be uh, filling, and. And so I think that's a lot, a big reason why Banton and Flynn succeeded tonight and Downton for that matter is they just had a lot of time and space. Margin of error was wider for them tonight. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Like they played themselves into a rhythm, got better as the game went on, all that stuff. Um, I would say like roles, yes, but also like when the best players are there, it's just going to be natural that the usage is divided more top heavy right whereas in a game like this the usage was really spread out because you don't have that siakam in the game you don't have fred taking 10 threes which these guys should like siakam and fred should do these things but yeah it is hard as a role player to play or to fit in around guys like that but that's just the reality of most good offensive nba teams so it's not like that's changing that's why it's so hard to crack a rotation i think is because you have to get amazing at filling those tiny little cracks um and it's easier to be honest to do what they did tonight than than to to fill those cracks i think because you get to make mistakes you get to play yourself into a rhythm and Uh, it's against i was thinking i was thinking this as the game was going on i was like you know what like i've been really hard on the raptors chances without siakam like i'm pretty worried about them but this could be a blessing in disguise by the time the playoffs roll around. Like getting all these guys extended minutes could really pay dividends down the road because for these role players. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also even before then, just like, okay, can we, can we actually ratchet down Fred's, you know, minutes to some degree, um, getting glimpses like this of like hope that Banton or somebody else can actually, play like legitimate minutes is is a good sign but i also just wonder like when everybody's back the i don't know the rotations are just so weird to me with nurse and i just fear that it's going to go back to that kind of cluster f that we've seen before the other thing thing, Thad better be in that rotation when everyone's healthy oh that's a good segue we should talk about that but i also just want to quickly say that um toronto is one of those unique teams where they're they're both rebuilding and competing at the exact same time or rebuilding, developing, whatever you want to call it. And so it, it does, the minutes do kind of turn into a shit show because you're letting guys go out there and fail because you want them to, but you also don't want them to fail because you're trying to win. And then you pull, and then you pull them like really suddenly. And that kind of like disrupts their flow or their ability to learn. I don't know. It's, it's, is Scotty's like a really yeah. good example of that, 
Precious was, and then they just yoinked his minutes. But I think Scotty's the best example of like he's struggling. Like you said, they want him to struggle on the defensive end. They want him to learn by doing. Um, and so there are like there are moments where it looks real ugly out there. Yeah, with the rotation stuff, it's interesting. I've been listening to Down to Dunk podcast, which is a I'm like officially just a Thunder fan. I watched so many Thunder games this yeah, year. Yeah, they're fun. So it's a Thunder podcast, and Mark Dagnall, their coach, has the same a similar philosophy as Nick Nurse, but he's even more hardcore about it. Where every game, one of the fifteen oh, rotation players, oh, yeah, they just will get like random chances here and there, and you never know who he's going to go to. And he says it's a thing about developing guys mentally to stay ready to never know when, like no one o- owns, no one's owed anything. And, you know, they were kind of criticizing it because same thing we always say, it's hard to find a rhythm when you play whack rotations and they're different every night. But, yeah, they they also do something similar. Well, it's different. Pros and cons. If you're playing whack rotations in-game, that's one thing. But if it's tonight, all right, Banton, you're getting 16 minutes no matter how you play. You know, unless you're really, really shitting the bed, we'll, we'll yank you. But what Nurse has been doing is, like, Six minutes Banton, four minutes Flynn. Like no, that's what Mark Daniel is doing too. Yeah. Oh, is he? I it's thought like he was as saying soon like as they, if you make a mistake, you're pulled. Go. No, like you're pulled quick, and then you won't oh, get back in the game. Okay. Yeah. Um, Thaddeus, but the young. That was great. That's been great ever since he got back into the rotation. I love watching him. He does you... remind me of Marcus all a lot. Were you with me when we were on this very podcast and someone not made no I think I was with Zarar. Someone out there called me out for for uh celebrating that as in as an addition to this team and that he's washed blah blah blah. Show your face. Show yourself because I have retribution in spades now. This is another game where Thad's hands are all over the game and it's not just on the offensive end, it's not just the, the stats. It's just the way in which he balances the floor. Thad, Thad, Thad makes basketball fun for other players, right? Like, if you make the cut, he's going to find you. We all play with dudes where you can cut 75 times and you're never going to get the ball. And it's just like, why am I cutting anymore? Thad's going to get it to you. He does look slow at times, but his team defense is great. His team offense is wonderful. He's been a, a joy. Yeah, uh, the, the the pass we just showed, he had, like, I don't know, like, five backdoor cuts for layups tonight. And, like, those are layups. Like, every pass he made tonight, I think, was just an open layup. And it's, like, all assists are made differently, right? You can get an assist and, like, pass it to a guy. He looks for a second, takes a step back three. You can get that assist. But, like, these are real, real old man assists. So, yeah. <laughs> shout out to that. Uh, yeah, I was I was saying again to Lewis, like, n- nurse, whatever, I get it. There's a lot of guys you need to figure out minutes. But when everyone's healthy, Thad just has to be in the rotation for me. Like, he's been too good. He's too good around other good players where he just makes life easier. Like, he doesn't take anything off the plate for them. Uh, they need to find him minutes somehow. And I actually was going into the season, I was really excited to see, like, Boucher, Thad, and auto as like a threesome of sorts. I feel like they would work great off each other. Yeah, I agree. It's a nice balance. I think 
I think we're seeing Coloco slowly sag in the rotation. Yeah, I, rightfully I think it, so. Yeah, I think it will be dependent on the matchup. And I also think Coloco's better in the starting lineup than he is coming off the bench. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. I mean, Scotty could take a lot of... Uh, Scotty's a great passer, don't get me wrong, but like... He could take a lot of notes watching Thad operate in that high post and then and then put it on steroids because Scotty is just so much a, such a better offensive threat than Thad, but they actually share like a similar vision and is and they operate similarly using their length and their elbows and their bulk to kind of get where they need to go. But they have like a great sense of the game and a and a very good touch. Um, it's fun watching Thad when he's really thriving. Um, and he's a nice compliment to Boucher, who's who had a good game. All of a sudden, he's hitting fadeaway jumpers. Um, I know. That was interesting. No, the, the pull-up twos are something to watch. I'm keeping my eye on that. It's, I, uh, it's a real skill for him because he does get chased off the three-point line. And he needs that in-between game, or at least it helps. And it, it's all season he's been taking this shot. Um, they went in tonight. I uh, I have mixed feelings about Boucher right now. Like first half of last year, I was really down and out on Boucher to the point that we were. Same. I recall you and I were talking about how we're going to trade him because he's in a contract yep. year. Second half, it was the we ate our words. It was like resign this guy. He's integral to this bench. And now I'm right in the middle. Like. During the game, you see the second half Boucher where he's got a hand on every offensive board. He's drawing fouls just by virtue of hustle. He's blocking shots, blah, blah, blah. And then there's the first half Boucher where he's like, there was one play where he literally got a, a rotation pass and one more swing pass to a wide open Scotty Barnes in the corner. He doesn't even look at him. He just kind of mm-hmm. holds the ball, looks to get a shot, doesn't get it, and then swings it back the same way it came. And then there was another one where he just jacked in the corner that Alvin gave him shit for after this three. Um, so there's stuff like that where it's like, dude, you got paid $30 million to do what you do well. Stop trying to be more than that. Or if you're going to be more than that, do it subtly, not like forcing the issue. And I find that very frustrating. Mm, that's interesting because... Yeah, I was also pretty low on him, and right now I'm like as high as I've ever been. I th- I think he's been playing really well. Um, he does make those. He is too hasty with the shot selection. Absolutely, I don't mind it as much during a game like this as I would if like Siakam was playing, which he still does it with Siakam. And I there's a couple of games that frustrate me, but in a game like this where they need a bit more from him, I don't really hate those extra shots, and. I just feel like he's been really good. Like he, he's been hitting his three. He's been defending better. He's rebounding. He's in every scrappy play. Uh, yeah, the, it comes and goes at times. Like it does come and go, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think this is maybe some of the best ball he's played. Like in his career, I get the point. Like he's never going to pass, man. Give up. He's not passing it to Scotty. That's just not who he is, but that's okay. I. I do think he's earned these extra shots. There's no question. Like his effort is the best, and he's a, he does fulfill a role that we need from the bench to a T. But I do think, like, if I'm gonna expect 
progress from Boucher as he becomes an integral part of this team, which unquestionably he is. It's plays like that, like knowing your role in the situation. um, It's like, okay, Jack, but like be a little bit wiser. That's all I'm saying. Um, But overall, a good game. He was actually 7 for 12, and he had five free throws, which is nice. Um, Yeah. He had a he had a solid game, and uh, let's go. Let's talk about Wancho finally, and then we can uh, we'll move on. Maybe um, sure. another cute game from Wancho. He had eight <laughs> field goal attempts tonight, uh, six boards, three assists. It's something he auto Thad um, Birch brought it last year, but like now we kind of have it in in multiple positions. Like I think having their veteran presence is just nice. Like, Wancho is not a sustainable option by any means. But it, it's just nice to have him out there for a couple minutes and feel like he knows what his role is and he's going to try the best to his ability to do it. And sometimes you just kind of need that from guys off the bench. I don't know what you thought about that. Yeah, no, for sure. He's that type of player where the, the Raptors, the last two years at least, before this one... Their whole bench was made up of, like, these young developmental projects, like, in Tampa and, like, uh, last season. And now, like, they have these capable guys on the bench who, again, we were talking about Thad. For Thad to just stay ready all season, not play, and then come in and, at his age, just be, like, so fit and so good and in rhythm, that's a credit to his professionalism. And Wancho also, similar thing. He's impressed me. I didn't think he was this good, like, the the shooting we knew i didn't realize how well he slid his feet like he'll get on a on a perimeter player and keep them in front he does a really nice job of that and then tonight especially six rebounds like he he made himself felt as a rebounder which the raptors really need with siakam out everyone has to pitch in and yeah so those two like micro skills i didn't really knew know he had in his game so much and yeah it's a couple of good games in a row for him yeah, I to to me I think his lack of success ultimately is that he is a European player in the NBA. You know, you like hate Euros? Yeah, you hate Euros. I love Euros. I'm just saying the way he plays is like at this a, American is a Euro League. I'm not saying he's European because he's European, but because he plays a Euro <laughs> League style, like FIBA style game. Like he's a good cutter, he's got good spatial awareness, yeah. he loves to shoot. Um, he kind of like slips to the rim in like these sneaky ways. And, uh, and so you're not going to get a ton from him, but in the right like shift of minutes, he's just, he's solid. And that's kind of nice to see. Cause to your point, it looked like he was going to be buried on the bench for the year and he came in when he was needed and he's, he's done a fine job. He was plus 11, which was a team high surprisingly. In 23 minutes, so that's like a legit amount of time um, to have that plus minus. The only yeah. negative, you want to guess that, oh, it doesn't really matter, but, but who's the negative with more than 25 minutes? Uh, I, I'm cheating, unfortunately. Bucci. Yeah, Bucci interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Take it or leave it. Okay, um, we're going to move on. First, I want to say... Shout out to our boy, our person, Phoenix plays Ed, two bucks. Yeah, we talked about Thank this you. just before you joined. We know you joined late. Uh, we agree. 
we concur. It's uh, we're not we're not fans. But thank you for the donation. Hey, everybody else, you can also donate. Two dollars goes a long way. You know, just saying. candy bar. Two. Yeah. at a good what, store. What's your what's your candy bar of choice? Um, I everyone says Kit Kat, so I'm not gonna say that. What? Who's everybody? Dude, everyone Old says white men? Uh, I honestly like an arrow because I just like chocolate. So <laughs> arrows are kind of fire. What do you like? Coffee crisp, baby. Boom, let's no, go. That, that's, I used to like coffee crisp, but as my palate developed, you know, it, it's just such a like artificial coffee flavor. It's overwhelming in the coffee that I, I no longer like it. But if you have it with coffee... It's a perfect accompaniment. Okay. Yeah, I'll okay. Um, those are our chocolate bar thoughts of the day. We're going to go right into Can-Am Taxman of the Night. We might have our, uh, a new Taxman player of the game, cause unless like <clears throat> this person has won and I didn't know and it was an irrelevant game. But uh, Oren, I'm going to give you the honors of deciding who that might be. I think we got to give it to Delano Banton, who might have won yeah. last year, but he he definitely hasn't won it this year. So Delano Banton's first Can-Am Taxman of the 2022-23 season finished the game with a line. He's first career, no, second career start. The other one was really bad, though. It was when they uh, the whole team had COVID and they played Cleveland and lost. Like, or Turu played? Yeah. Was that the yeah. Turu game? Yeah. So 27 points, four assists. Four rebounds, three steals, and two blocks. Um, he was like he he really made his his the game felt defensively. Uh, there was even that play at the end where it looked like it was a momentum changer because the the Pistons were breaking away and he poked the ball loose and then he got the dunk on the other end of it. Uh, someone passed yeah. him, the, yeah, Thad passed him the dunk. So yeah, he just he got his hands in passing lanes. He kept guys in front of him, and he actually made threes, and he was good in transition. So pretty much everything he can do, he did. I love throwing Banton out there as like a Doberman to just like harangue the ball carrier. He's really good at that, and I thought tonight, that at the very least, that's what we were going to get. And then he turned out to be our primary scoring option. If you can score 27 in a legit NBA game, like fair enough, Detroit's the worst team in the league, arguably. They didn't have their best player. But does it? Yep. The, it's an NBA roster, no question. If you can score, if you can score twenty-seven in a regular season NBA game, like you've really, you've really made it. Like not, I like I don't know what the percentage would be of NBA players who actually do that, but it's it's probably less high than you think. Um, and yeah. so, like, congrats to Banton because that's like a that's a statement, a career statement for him, um, and must he must be feeling pretty good tonight. Yeah, and it's it's a confidence thing. Like I actually think that stuff's real, and I think it should help with that. Uh, yeah. So that's the Can Am Taxman of the oh, night. Yeah. Thanks to our sponsor, Can Am Tax. You can go to canamtax.com and check out their awesome website that I'm sure is super awesome. They can help you with your personal taxes or your business taxes. If you're a small business out there and you need someone wise and well-versed in the horrible, horrible realm of tax law, maybe you want to go check them out. Um, tell them Raptors Republic sent you. 
Okay, we're going straight to questions and then we're getting the F out of here. So if you have some questions, hit us up. Um, we'll take a couple. And if you want your question to be read first, you can say something nice about us in the chat or donate money or like us and follow us and tell us. That, that we're handsome. Yeah. Ego boosting coins. Did you guys get to see Doubt on defense? Uh, yeah, again, we talked about it at the end what he did at the end of the game to Jaden Ivy was really impressive. Um, and he's a guy that I think Nick trusts to put on ball handlers late in games and, and stay in front of them and kind of be able to take Scotty off ball handlers. It helps to have guys like this. Yeah. That was a huge play in his young career, probably his biggest play in his NBA career. So what, what I loved in summer league when I didn't really know who Downton was first play of the game picks up full court. It's like he knows if he wants to make this team, the best way to impress a guy like Nick Nurse is to just like lock in defensively. And as soon as he got on the floor tonight, he did the exact same thing. And I love that. He's like, he's pretty quick. He's long. He's he's smart. He's a really smart basketball player. Um, man, and he's feisty, which we've been using a lot tonight, but he, that just kind of seems to fit his description. So, uh, yeah, great, great game for Downton. Anybody um, else? OG will be defensive player of the year. Can we make him Canadian? I started <laughs> reading this thinking it was a serious question. Like, can OG make defensive player of the year? Uh, do you think he could be on that ballot, that three-man ballot? Because I always think I'm living in this bubble, and I was listening to Sam Bassini's podcast at The Athletic, and he was saying if he had like a vote this early in the season, it would be, Brooke Lopez, Giannis, and OG. So he was talking about OG as if he has been a top three defender. I think he's been a top three defender this year. Do you think he could actually finish the season on that ballot? No question. And Marcus Smart has opened that door for perimeter players. And I think, you know, it's it's maybe made media members more open-minded or more like uh, um, um, experimental, let's say. Um He's not the only national media member. The Ringer's Michael Pina, who I guess just moved over from Sports Illustrated, just wrote his like first quarter awards and named OG De- Defensive Player of the Year. But it hasn't been a quarter. Well, whatever. First, whatever you want to okay. call it. First That's good. stage. That's good. They're obviously very early awards. That's not the point. The point is he's talking about guys who are playing really well right now. And he named OG as number one defensively. So... That tells a hell of a lot that you that now multiple members of national media are talking about OG, which we all know narrative and name is a is a big part of the award, particularly for a team like Toronto, who's seldom talked about. So yeah, I think it's very possible. I'll also say that my plus thirty three hundred bet for OG Defensive Player of the Year has a cash out option at a hundred percent of what I bet. So that tells you something too. Hmm. I don't know if I bet that award this year. I got to check. It's probably not too um, late. All right. Are we ready to get out of here? Um, Phoenix is a very complex question. Or not complex, but like com- like interesting question. Maybe maybe we'll save that one, Phoenix. Unless Oren wants to take it on. Yeah, no. We, could, we should save it. Ask us next game. It's- um... We're running up on. 
Any fun time well, here. We'll do last question. Any thoughts on Porter? Well, he got injured three minutes into the game or something. Into like he played like how many minutes did he play? Twelve minutes. He got injured, so not really. We'll see did, what. I hope he's not actually injured. The his last game was a little bit lackluster, and then he started this game looking a little bit lackluster before he got hurt. I'll say the thing about Porter, and I wrote about him last week, is that like he's he's a floor raiser. He's not a ceiling whatever. And if he the, he's best playing with good players around him, um, he enhance is kind of fat. He enhances other players play. He knows his role, and he's a uh, he's that's what he's good at. When you when he plays with lesser guys, and suddenly the responsibility on him and the focus on him is greater than he's comfortable with. I think you'll see diminishing returns. So. Um, I'm not worried. I just hope he's healthy and good to go. Yeah, he also said he's pretty much playing himself into shape because he had that injury and then he had a personal thing that he, a baby that he, he took down. Baby. So like, so I'm not I'm not worried. He's he's a vet. He's gonna play himself into shape. Um, anyways, I think that's enough. I wanna before we get out of here, if anyone listening to this is in Toronto. This is a really zoomed out version where Raptors Republic is having a live podcast. I think it's also actually going to be streamed to YouTube. So for the people that aren't in Toronto, but if you are in Toronto, come, come down, support us. I think it's $20 and includes the drink. So like that's $10 in Toronto anyways, a drink. And yeah, me, Samson, Lewis, Katie, more are our people. Unfortunately, Aiden doesn't live here. So his, that's bullshit. They can't zoom me in because yeah, people the pe- give the people what they want. You know they want to see me. Yeah, they have something but, against you, man. Or else they would have zoomed you in. Sure. But honestly, everybody knows Lou, Samson, and Orrin. But Katie is a freaking genius as well and very entertaining. So I, I think she alone's worth twenty dollars. No offense. Yeah, and it's gonna be fun. Uh, e- even if you don't want to come, you just buy a ticket supports us helps us do more of these live events which we want to do in toronto every once in a while um so yeah you can go to raptorsrepublic.com there's a post where you can find the link um or the 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 twitter or the instagram also the three on three tournament just got released january 29th so if you want to enter a team sign up there's only so many spots um they, they might fly me in I'm talking to uh, some sponsors. They might bring me in. I don't know. We'll see. So look yeah. out if that happens. Um, and lastly, like us, subscribe to us, do all the stuff that boosts our SEO. Is that a thing? Search so. optim- yeah. So. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's how we survive and thrive, et cetera, et cetera. So thanks, everybody, for attending. We love to see you. We love chatting with you. Uh, game in Toronto on Wednesday, L Miami Heat. I won't be there, or and you won't be there either. So we're hoping Sahil, who's, who's battling the flu, will show up. We'll, or Kyle, yeah, we'll, if anybody's seen Kyle, let us know because uh, we'll try to find. We'll try to find some people. He's still missing. All right, everybody. We'll recruit people on the streets. Peace out. Oh, thanks, Keon, the producer. Ciao.